Robert Kuntz is the fire chief on Fort Campbell. He has served with the Department of Defense all over the world and is now happy to call Clarksville home. He talks about the incredible partnership between the city of Clarksville, Montgomery County, and Fort Campbell Fire and Rescue, and more. This Fort Campbell episode brought to you by FNM Bank. Chief, great to have you here. Thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I've got I've got a new co-host for the day. Christmas <laughs> the day. joining us, so um, we appreciate you being here, and we look forward to learning more about you and what you do. Well, I appreciate that. So, so you're the the fire chief at Fort Campbell. How how did that be, even happen? How do you, how do you get to that position? Well, in the Department of Defense, you can work for any uh, sister service, the Army, the Air Force, the Marine Corps. So in my career, I've had the opportunity to work for the Air Force and the Army. Hmm. And so in my travels, I've had the opportunity to, to work all around the world. I've been in Japan, I've been in Germany, Florida, New England, and now I'm here at Fort Campbell. So it, it's been a blessing to just get all those experiences in different parts of the world, different parts of our own country. And, uh, and I landed here about seven years ago at Fort Campbell. Seven years ago. So do, where, where you live in our region, obviously, Clarksville, Hopkinsville. Yes. So you're um, around us all the time. What, what drew you to this area? Well, I'll be honest with you. I did not know a whole lot about Fort Campbell or Clarksville before I got here. Yeah. Um, when you're in an overseas assignment, sometimes when you return, you get placed where they have a need. Yeah. And I got placed at Fort Campbell. And I will tell you, of all the places I've worked, Community-wise and professional-wise, this is the best place I've ever been. I got a great group of uh, true professional firefighters. Yep. And just engaging with the communities, support like I've never seen any place I've been. So it is, uh, I've definitely been blessed uh, to be assigned here. Yeah. I was actually yeah. told to come here. I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> and sometimes now, and, cho- people make good choices, sometimes for other people. And now they can't get rid of me because I'm not, I'm not going to leave. Um, so, I mean, without naming names about other um, uh, installations, I mean, wh- I've heard that before. The Clarksville is a really welcoming, great community for people in the military, and I guess civilians in the military as well. What what does that look like in tangible terms? I mean, what what is it that you're experiencing here that you're not experiencing at other duty stations? Well, I think sometimes in military installations, it's kind of like there's there, there's a wall around the installation, mm-hmm. there's a fence around the installation. Yeah. And they're very isolationists. You know, they're, hey, we do our business on the installation, and off post does their business off post. And there's some small interactions. Um, and then even as a professional in the fire service, each state has some different requirements. So when the DOD is in your community, sometimes it's hard for local fire departments to understand what level of training or experience some DOD firefighters might have in relation to the community. Because a lot of community fire departments, they, they live in their communities. You know, on an installation, it's not always like that. But when I came here, whether it was... Uh, Montgomery County or Clarksville, I mean, they were just so open to the department, the way we train, the way we, we communicate with one another. We were just embraced. I was embraced as a professional. Yeah. So, um, and I think it also has to do with the history of Fort Campbell, 101st Airborne Division. Just yeah. people really believe in that mission. There's some history there, and, and the workforce is really connected to the mission, and they understand it. And um, just in my short time in Clarksville, this community is just like, exploding in growth. Yeah. There's been a lot of changes and, and that brings in a lot of opportunity. Um, and so that's the difference. The difference is in, in how the community receives the military or how the community community receives the importance of the mission. Yeah. And we've yeah. been well received. It, it, even at my level in the fire service is a, is a, is a firefighter. We are just well received by your community. And so that's the difference. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that's that's good to hear because we, we preach that all the time is about our community and connectivity 
to Ford Campbell and Garrison. And, you know, it's just one big family. You know, we try to support everybody. So, And, and it it really, it's like there's no barrier. I mean, Charlie, you, we spoke before in the past. You've oh, called yes, us sir. before for some, some yes, help sir. in certain things. So yes, it really is just, a, there's just no barriers. Mm-hmm. It really is about a relationship yeah. and, and it really is about uh, trying to serve one another. That's exactly right. Now, I'm not sure that people really understand how big of an organization that you run. You've got you've got close to 90 employees, right? Yes, sir. So uh, the DOD mission is a little bit different than a local community. Yeah. Um, so we have five fire stations, and there's 88 people assigned in our department. So I'm the fire chief, and I've had five stations and 88 folks. And so the uniqueness is about our mission is um, – we have all the things a normal community has. We have a hospital, shopping, housing, industrial areas. Um, but the uniqueness is the fact that it's the mission that they have. Not every community has helicopters flying with soldiers jumping yeah. out of it. Not every community has soldiers doing high-risk training events. Uh, not every uh, community has heavy armored equipment. All the things that come with a military unit, yeah. those are uniquenesses about us. We have three active airfields. We have you know, almost 60,000 aircraft landings and takeoffs in a year. So there's a lot of military activity that goes on that gives us, a one, a different risk level that we have to approach and then a different response posture we have to have. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's no different than any other community with just some very, you know, the, the age group of our community, they're war fighters. Yeah. They're young, they're, they're fit, mm-hmm. they're, um, we don't get a lot of geriatric responses, you know, like some communities might yeah. get, but we get yeah. a lot of trips falls, you know, crushed hands, things where soldiers are actively engaged in training. Yes, a lot of communities that have an an airport of that size would have their own independent airport fire department. Yeah, depending where you go, depending where you go, it might be run by the city or it might be uh, 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 an airport mission. Like up in New England, Massport Logan owns the the firefighting operations. It's not Mm -hmm. run by the city. So when when there's a training accident, for example, I mean, I guess I'd always assumed that the um the unit would take care of the injury, do the transport, do the medical response, and everything. But is that something that you guys would handle? Yeah, we handle How, all that. Where, where on, does, where's the line? Yeah, I guess on and off post. Okay. So what happens is when I first arrived here about seven years ago, we had an aircraft mishap in Montgomery County, and um, so our units respond out to that, and we support the county. We don't yeah. come out and hey, this is our get back up, get away. We we come in with the technical expertise and hey, this is the aircraft, these are the hazards. And we respond with them. So the Montgomery County or even the Clarksville fire chief or whoever the incident commander is, if there's an event with an aircraft, we will support them. We don't take control over anything. We come mm-hmm. in with our technical expertise and we work right alongside with them to make sure that their responders are safe. Then once the um, incident's been mitigated, typically that property and that land and that event is turned over to a unit and they come in with a crash investigation. So there's some more support functions that occur. But it is basically, it's very much a cooperative yeah. response when we do that. We come in with the special equipment that they need. So you've got an agreement with the uh, Clarksville City and Montgomery County. Yes, you guys all work in conjunction with each other. Yeah, so I always like to say this. The mutual aid agreement is the formality to the relationship that we have. Yeah. It's just a piece of paper that says, hey, if an event happens, you're not going to charge us. We're not going to charge you. We will we will send our resources if they're available. We'll send those resources out to your community, and we get that in return. There's been times when Clarksville's been on post to help us, and there's been times when we go out into their community and help them. Um, ours is more so aircraft-specific because Clarksville's, I mean, just – 
just in the short time that I've been here, I mean, their department has grown exponentially. Yeah. They've been in a lot of investment in, the, in their training and their capability. So they may not need us as much as we might need them. But in an aircraft event, uh, we got those resources we can push to, to Clarksville or Montgomery County to, to support that response. So do you guys do training together, all, your, all these three departments? Absolutely. So, so you guys can do some training. Absolutely. So, what, so there's all different types of training. When COVID occurred, it was hard for Clarksville firefighters to get into uh, Bellbuckle to do, get their certification burns, to get their qualifications. So we offered that to them on post. So it wasn't a year and a half, two years ago that the mayor came down and recognized us for providing that training so their firefighters could maintain and get their initial certifications. And we did all those live burns for the city of Clarksville to help them get through that COVID period. Yeah, uh, We do aircraft training once a year, typically in the month of June. We bring all the responders on post. We get with the units and the units bring out actual aircraft and we train and show them, hey, these are the hazards because we want them to have some situational awareness. Um, and on the technical rescue side, um, we have actually brought Clarksville firefighters into some of the classes that we teach, whether it's a swift water rescue, high angle rescue. We've done some training with them. And they've recently stood up in the last, I believe it's three years, they've stood up their own technical rescue teams. So now their capabilities are probably in some aspects further than ours yeah. are. You know? But we train collectively in all, the, all those opportunities. When they're available, they've been on our post. We've been downtown to train with them. Um, so it goes beyond the mutual aid agreement. It goes, it goes to the point where, hey, we have a capability, we want to train it with you, and they want to train their capability with us. So if there's ever an, an event that occurs that we need to, do, to mutually respond together, that's not the first time we've met them. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. We've actually been out there training with them. So do you train also with uh, active duty soldiers? So yeah, so, so there's a uniqueness about it. So we do have a small Army detachment of military firefighters. Yeah. And so they are actually uh, embedded with us. They work with our shift schedules and everything. Yeah. But also um, our folks do some specialized training with uh, um, military units. So if they need forcible entry training or they're doing some type of specialized training, um, we can provide that to them. We've done that in the past where we've done forcible entry training. They'll get us, the soldiers will typically get a mission set and when that mission comes, they, hey, we got a specialized training with like the jaws of life. They got very small, compacted jaws of life. So we'll bring vehicles out and we'll set them up and we'll run those soldiers yeah. through some training so they get used to using their tools and understand the limitations of their tools. So we train right along with the soldiers when, it, when it's needed. So your team is all civilian then? Yeah, you know, we're all civilian. Federal employees is what we, GS employees, federal okay. employees. Yeah. So where do you pull from when it comes to recruiting? Because uh, it seems like, you know, a lot of the firefighters and emergency responders in Montgomery County are former military, right. um, but you guys are on post. So are you, are you pulling former soldiers or like, how are you? Well, we get a whole demographic. Yeah. So, for example, we have a firefighter that used to be a Clarksville, city of Clarksville firefighter, mm -hmm. female. Mm -hmm. And um, she came out about three years ago. And a great, great asset to us and well-trained. She's got some experience, so she really understands the city. And so what she brought to us was value-added because we get a different perspective. So we just hired three folks recently. We got one individual from California. We got one from Iowa and one from Montana. Hmm. And they are one's prior service. Some are just other Department of Defense. So they can go anywhere around the world they want to go. Hmm. So we have a very diverse candidate pool that we can yeah. pull from. Mm -hmm. um, and if there's soldiers... Um, we do the transition assistance program. We do yep. some education there to, to say, if you want to become a firefighter, matter of fact, we have one coming up soon. I think it's next month. And we go out there and we educate them what it takes. And if they're interested, we get them the information to, 
to get certified, apply, and, and yeah. compete for those positions. So it's a very diverse workforce. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the soldiers that transition out could be like an EMT or something like that. Do you have spots for those? Yes, we do. So what we do is we do not run the ambulance service that's run by Bach yeah. on post. But we do have all of our firefighters are EMTs, so their initial basic life support. Once yeah. they respond, they can do some basic life support skills until the ambulance arrives. Yeah. Um, and so we have what we call... Uh, developmental positions. They come at the lowest qualification level. Then we'll send them the EMT. We'll send them to some of the more technical things to maintain a full performance level. So we have a variety of, of recruitment options that we have to enter someone with very little experience or certification. And then over the years, we can get them the certifications, build them up to a full performance yeah. level, or we can hire a full performance level employee. So it gives us a lot of flexibility in getting the right yeah. person, you know? Well, Chris and I were in leadership Clarksville together in 2008 was our, was our year. And we did not have the opportunity to come out like leadership Clarksville does now. Mm -hmm. So they'll come out and see uh, the Chinook on fire or the jaws of life and some of those other things. So, so what, what is the value of having high school students or just anybody from the community come out to see what you do? Well, so I have teenage daughters, and they're trying to figure out what they want to do in life. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just an exposure or something. And, <clears throat> you know, when I look at my career, I didn't plan to be a firefighter. I fell into it by accident. And, mm. it, and so sometimes in life, we don't really know where we're going to land as a professional. How, how did that happen that you fell into well, it? Well, that's a long story, but I want to make it as quick as I can. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's I, what I, we're here for. Okay, so I, I, enlisted, in, in, I enlisted in the Air Force in, in 87. And... Um, they told me at the recruiter office, you got to pick a job. And I had no idea. And, and you have all the, I could be a cook, air traffic controller, mechanic, whatever. They had all these, I didn't know what to do. And I'm driving to the, they called the MEP center that we process in. As I'm driving to the MEP center, I hear a fire truck behind me and I pull over to the side of the road. And these fire trucks go by me like really fast, like you see them. Yeah. And then when I went up the road a little ways, there had been a motor vehicle accident. And I saw them out there doing their job. And I looked at that and said, that's what I want to do. That's cool. And so I went to the Air Force recruiter and said, I want to be a firefighter. And there was a job vacancy and I applied for, I, they, they called it delayed enlistment at the time for job guarantee. And I got it. I went day one. That's where, and I just, I just, like I said, I think it, it wasn't something that was a passion of mine until I had that across my path. Yeah. That that's what I want to do. And I've, mm-hmm. you know, I've been blessed ever since. I mean, it's just a phenomenal career field. Um, so Short story, that's how, that's how I got hired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I think about high school students on post, we have a STEM program yep. uh, with the high school. And we, we get students, like a couple of years ago before COVID, we had a couple of students go through. And one of them is now a volunteer firefighter for the city of Oak Grove. So he's a young man that went through and got some certifications. Um, and so we, we're offering that program again this year where we can get high school students who just get engaged and see if that's something that they want yep. to do. Mm-hmm. You know? Because um, you never really know until you give it a try sometimes. Until you give so, it a try sometime. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if it's their thing, great. If it's not, hopefully they learn some adult skills as they're being trained, yeah. you know, how to, how to be some maturity in those yeah. things that we all need at times at that age. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what we do on post with the STEM program. Yeah. And, and, uh, it is a great career field for yeah. those, those younger generations that want to find some purpose in something, you know, it's hard sometimes to find. Yeah. I, th- I think it's really important. I've been out there with the, uh, youth leadership clerks before and, and seen that, demonstration and one thing it brings some excitement to the day because you see fire and the fire trucks and the ladder trucks everybody doing their doing their business but i think it kind of enlightens them that you guys just aren't you're not just sitting around waiting for 
you know, a car accident or something like that. There is a lot going on. How many, how many calls, uh, I, I know I'm throwing this on you, but how many calls per month or year do you guys? So we, we respond to approximately 2,000 to 2,200 calls for service a year, emergencies. Yeah. The majority of those are EMS, yep. meaning, hey, you know, heat, heat stroke, uh, uh, feeling faint, stomach prop, whatever, whatever, you know, broke my ankle, fell yep. off my bike. So we do all those calls. Um, and uh, so we do about 2,200, 2,000 to 2,200 a year, um, depending on what the rotation is for them. You, you, there's a direct correlation between military training, which they try to make it as safe as possible. Yep. But they do high-risk training events. And when units are deployed, things really slow down. When they're all home, things ramp up. So it just depends on what the cyclic yeah. uh, battle rhythm for the, the units are. But we do about 2,000 to 2,200 calls a year. So do you stay on standby when there's a major training event on post? Do you guys have to kind of staff it in some way, or you just kind of well, wait that, for the call? That, that depends on the type of operation that mm-hmm. they do. So the only real thing that we go out and support them on is like a stole, like a short takeoff and landing mission, a very high risk. But when they do jumps and they do uh, um, routine training missions, we know what's going on. We know what ranges are active, and mm-hmm. we just keep in contact. If an event occurs, they call us, and we go out to the training range. Mm-hmm. and respond to the medical call or the vehicle accident or those things. Yeah. I, I think one thing that's really important for, for people to know that, that you and our, you know, Clarks from Montgomery County guys are, are really great in the community as well. Yeah. So when we need you, like you said, I've called you guys before about some things I've done out at Fort Campbell, but if we need to call Jimmy Edwards or Chief Montgomery or any, any of those folks – they always return the call because they're they're civic minded yes. and they know how important their job is to our community and we understand how important they are as well. So we appreciate your your one flexibility to be able to join us, but willingness to be involved in the community. It is a very special community, and, and I just encourage don't take advantage of it because it yeah. this is very you're you're very fortunate to be where you're at in Clarksville yeah. with the military and relationship. Oh yeah, for sure. So it brings a lot of character to the to the community as well. So it's it is a great place. It really is. Yeah. Well, we we appreciate you coming, and uh, I definitely don't want to cut you short. Is there anything that that we didn't ask you or didn't touch on, or something that we just need to know about you and your organization? I I I don't think I can, given this platform. It's you know, fire safety is a big thing in all of our homes, right? Yeah, it is. And smoke detectors are still an issue. And they, they have always been in my career, and they continue to be. Yeah. So just remember, t- check your smoke detectors. Make sure you, it, when we change the clocks, you change the batteries. Um, because it, it, it is, it's just unfortunate that, that uh, even in America, we're still losing folks. And, and the number one killer of people in fire is the smoke. Yeah. The fire doesn't get them. It's the smoke that does. So smoke detector saves lives. So I just encourage everybody, hey, check your smoke detectors. Remember to swap, swap out those batteries. And if you have any questions... Call your local fire department. They'll there you go. to help you out. We sure appreciate you being here. Yeah. I appreciate you all, too. Yes, sir. We will talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Subscribe to Clarksville's Conversation wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on a single conversation.